Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Thank you, Kentucky! Tonight, Kentucky made a choice. A choice not to move to the right or to the left, but to move forward for every single family. This is Stephanie Bell. You're listening to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Mark, that was Governor, incumbent Governor Andy Bashir. He was successful over uh, Attorney General Daniel Cameron. I said yesterday, I love a good election day. It feels like Christmas morning. And I woke up and my stocking was, I think, full of coal this morning. Uh, like I said, <laughs> I, I love election day also. And I stayed up watching those results. And by about nine o'clock at night, there wasn't much reason to stay up anymore. It was uh, disappointing across the board. I, yeah, the red drizzle returned. Uh, <laughs> right. There was no red wave. In fact, I mean, I don't know that it was a blue wave, but it was certainly a disappointing disappointing day i hate to do this to all of our wake up family on a wednesday and bring us down right um, at the top of the show i too, know man. but we've got to cover it because we've got to figure something out it we can't keep doing this right to ourselves and we are doing it to ourselves i think yesterday was probably different than um than the lack of the red wave during the midterms um but i think we've got to be we've, we've got to pay attention because otherwise we're going to have one of these mornings you know next november and i don't want to go there and we are also and I hate to do this to people, but um, if you uh, heard the top of the hour news, there's a lot of really gory um, and hor- horrific crimes, um, some things, some updates. So Ryan will have that, too, in a minute. We've also got um, some of our favorite guests today. We've got Raven Harrison coming up at 710. Um, I can't wait to get her take on what's going on with all of this funding stuff in Congress. And then we've got Rabbi Brigida Rosenberg. She is a senior rabbi. Um, from the United Hebrew Congregation in St. Louis. Uh, we'll get her take on the ongoing conflict over in Israel. Um, so, uh, Mark, yesterday, I mean, down the line, do, is there any hope, any good news from yesterday at all? Uh, we didn't lose in Mississippi. How about that for optimism? I don't think that's... Uh, I mean, every race is different. I think, the, I, I think we found that we are struggling... I'm not Joe Biden, or my opponent is Joe Biden, is not an answer to uh, winning elections as Republicans. We tried it last year on the midterms, although there were other issues. We tried it uh, certainly in Kentucky. It was a close race, but it didn't succeed. And then the abortion issue. And the abortion issue is a millstone around Republicans' necks. Uh, the Even even what was tried to be done, to do in... Um, Virginia with Yonkin and in Ohio with Mike DeWine about counter-proposing something that's more more maybe middle of the road on abortion restrictions um, failed, totally failed. And the only thing people in Ohio apparently love more than murdering babies is marijuana. Because they, they voted for abortion, <laughs> and a pretty liberal abortion policy, and then they also voted, they're the um, what did, a 26th state to uh, legalize marijuana. So it's, a, it's I, I just, I don't know how people woke up yesterday morning, went to the polls, and voted for Joe Biden and his party, or the, the squad and their party. Like, I just, I, I, that doesn't compute. I'm having a hard time it, comprehending. Local, you know, the thing we always have to remember is local elections are local elections. They're not necessarily national elections. We spend a lot of time trying to nationalize them 
and talk about you know what's going on in DC and how people in a rural area come out and vote for it but you know use Kentucky Andy Bashir won 4 years ago his dad was governor of Kentucky years ago he's like the one democrat who can win in Kentucky anyone in Kentucky and i think i was excusing some of the losses at the midterm because we really had a bad bad shake on candidate quality we had some bad candidates and so i was thinking well it's not that people don't like our policies or that you know there's you know that the democrats are doing something right it's just we had a few bad apples we had good candidates this time we had good candidates but each one of them had their own set of flaws and the abortion issue which we probably will eventually have to deal with as a party or continue to lose elections um is the single biggest one you know in Kentucky, Cameron tried to tie Bashir to Biden and had some effect and some luck doing that. Unfortunately, Bashir's campaign against Cameron was exclusively David Cameron supports the absolute ban on abortions in Kentucky law. And he won. Now, he won close, but he won. Yeah, and I think it is worth about 70,000 votes out of 1.3 million casts. But I'm looking, and Mark and I touched on it yesterday, I'm looking at the New York Times article. Um, but they do have an actual map, and I was kind of watching mm-hmm. this as well. Um, most of Kentucky, Mark, is red. It isn't bright red. A lot of it is uh, light red. But, you know, Louisville, Lexington, Frankfurt, um, Bashir carried... But he did better than those. There's a couple other count, particularly on the it would be the eastern side of that. That's the difference in the race. I mean, I really I mean, those are generally Republican counties. Um, traditionally, it's those three areas. But uh, Bashir picked up a couple of counties even in the east. However, most of the state is red, deep it, red. It, it is. It is traditionally, but not on this map. It's not. It's not. It's, not. it's, it's pink. It, it it's is light pink. And, and the thing that was immediately set off alarm bells is a couple of the early counties to come in in Kentucky were from coal country. Yeah. Which, you know, Trump carries coal country with literally 70% of the vote. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Cameron, while winning most of those counties, was running behind where Matt Bevin was four years ago, running well behind um, all the other races, including the Republican Secretary of State won. Yep. Um, David Cameron was the attorney general, so there was a replacement race for attorney general. The Republican attorney mm. general won. That's right. But Bashir managed to beat Cameron and and hold his vote down in Republican areas and surge in Democrat areas. And it, you're right, Brian. I mean, we were talking yesterday. Yep. It's usually three dots on a map. There's yes. three blue dots on a map, and there's a whole string of blue in this one. I wish we could show it on on the screen, um, you know, so people can see it. But I'm I'm looking at it, and 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 you're exactly right. The the bottom line is that shows me that that there were voters that were maybe I don't know if they were Democrat Republican, but they voted for this Bashir. Uh, and then turned around and voted for Republicans yep. down the ballot. So that's if if you know that's that's definitely concerning. But the Republicans did well in Kentucky. It's just um, you know it's hard to Louisville and in Lexington are both and, also big and, areas. And the margin is so amazing. Let me just yeah. I hate reading, but you know fifty two and a half percent is what Bashir got to forty seven and a half percent. Just kind of put that in your mind. That's the Democrat Republican. For Attorney General, the Republican got 58%. That's right. And the incumbent wow. Secretary of State, who Stephanie and I know, Mike Adams, oh, yeah. got 60.6%. That's wow. right. So mm. that tells you it's not just a Republican-Democrat thing. It is also Andy Bashir is a popular Democrat governor. Uh, you know, think back. Missouri was voting Republican, and we were electing Jay Nixon. That's, That's right. You know, you have to remember, 
it's a different analysis when you look at the state house than when you look at so the, maybe we're back to candidate quality and just the candidate itself well we'll look at some of the deep red states you know we think about next door to us you know with laura kelly being the governor over in kansas in a red state and she's a democrat and down in louisiana john bell edwards so not anymore Gosh, is it, is not it anymore a trend louisiana. No, no it's not and then and i always use the example in 1984 the voters of this state almost in the same majority voted for john ashcroft for governor turned around and voted for harriet woods for lieutenant governor i've never been able to figure that one out <laughs> who was effectively a progressive democrat at a time when you didn't even know the word progressive oh, yeah. existed and she made no and, and she and she definitely was there's no doubt yes. all right i will talk about elections all day and we yes. are going to keep covering this there are some that we haven't gotten to yet but brian there is some really oh. in, uh, news out of Midmo here with some of these uh, horrific crimes. What do you know this morning that we didn't know yesterday? Well, we know, um, and John and I both cover the former Jeff City Correctional Center employee. We'll talk more on him when we get more time. But I want to spend just a moment just letting people know about this case. Um, we knew it was a, a Mississippi man who had come to Columbia. He had, he had traveled here to Columbia. Admits having, I'm going to be, very, you know, leave a lot of the graphic stuff out. Admits having sex luring a 16 year old to a local hotel um i read the the you know the indictment i read the release from the u.s attorney's office i checked the guy's name i always especially in a case like this i checked to see what kind of coverage you got mississippi because i was curious who this person was and it got some but there there was a couple newspapers that really covered it it turns out this zachary west buckley is a former mississippi newspaper publisher prominent businessman um three generation businessman very active in his community in his church his civic organizations he is heading to federal prison for at least 10 years he admits you know traveling to uh to town the um to town being called Columbia. He. This is the 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 county pleaded to enticing a minor to engage in illicit sexual activity. That is what he pleaded guilty to. That's how the charge reads. But uh, the they met met the the sixteen year old at a park. They had sexual relations at a hotel. And um, it, one thing I did see in one of the newspaper outlets that covered this in 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 uh, Mississippi, they said that he has school aged children and they were implied they they're having a hard time at school so i hope they're not being bullied i mean uh and apparently the wife wants to leave him um that that was hinted at in some newspaper coverage down there as well but that is a um this is not just a mississippi man this is a newspaper publisher businessman going to prison essentially his career is done yeah, and then John, we got an update. We're gonna we're expecting a trial uh, in relation to Kenneth Lee Simpson. Yeah, that was the guy who uh, who gunned down the uh, Fulton police sergeant, uh, rather uh, Herman police sergeant, and mm-hmm. and another officer back in the spring. And but the trial on that will not be until January of twenty twenty six in yeah. that case, and they're moving it to Franklin County on a change of venue. Did they say why it's taking so long? <sighs> I, I guess it'd just be speculation, you know, putting cases together and all that in a in a capital murder trial and all. But boy, that's yeah, that's more than a year off. That seems unnecessary. You know, someone brought up the point, and I I it was hard for me to comprehend because we got the conviction of Sam Bankman Freed, and they said the conviction was almost within a week of when that first news article broke, kind of shaking loose the whole story and from his what from his competitor, Mark, yep, I think. That's right. And so, you know, they had the news story, the investigation started, and within a year they had a conviction. And I thought that's 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 what we need. And and that's uh I think that's a federal prosecutor pushing their case as fast as they can. I mean 
that's kind of the dirty secret of criminal law, and we don't do much of it, but prosecutors control the speed of those cases. Everybody thinks it's the defense attorneys. It's the prosecutors that control the speed of the case. And, you know, you look in a lot of counties that we're familiar with, uh, you know, cases Look to the move. former prosecutor just, in St. Louis. They just don't move. Yeah. And the reason they don't move is because the prosecutors don't push them. You take a look at the Sam Bankman-Fried. You had a, you know, U.S. attorney who decided they were going to move that case and boom, a year and a complex piece of litigation that probably took quite a bit of time to investigate because it's financial crimes. They've got a conviction already. Well, and there's a lot of prosecutors in a, in a, in a hurry about Trump, too. Anytime Trump's involved, they seem to get really uh, sensitive about the time. All right. We should be more sensitive about the time here. <laughs> we have got to take a quick break. But uh, Trump uh, Trump's trial rages on. Uh, his daughter is on the stand today. So we'll talk about that. We'll also have some updates and what we can expect from the big debate tonight, which we are airing on the Eagle and KWOS. So make sure and tune in tonight. But up next is your daily D.C. rundown. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Miss some of the show? Check out our podcast at 939theeagle.com. The House of Representatives voting to censure the only Palestinian American in Congress, Rashida Tlaib. 22 Democrats joined the Republicans in favor, while four Republicans crossed the aisle to join the Democrats in voting against it. Four members voted present. Congresswoman Tlaib becomes the 26th member censured in House history. And that gets us into our daily D.C. rundown. You know, honestly, Mark, I was kind of shocked. I mean, it's not something that they do a lot, although it comes up more frequently, I think, as of late with the divisiveness of Congress. But did you I mean, she said like she and other squad members have said some pretty horrible things over the years. Yeah, but this is that river from the river to the sea comment, which is designed uh, and is entirely meant by uh, Palestinians as a elimination of all Jews in Israel, not just the state of Israel, but all Jews in between. Um, It's genocidal and it's it crossed the line. And I think the proof that it crossed the line is you actually had Democrats cross over and vote. And last night, there were a number of Democrats speaking very heavily about how terrible these comments were and how much she deserved to be censured. The Democrat Party has a lot of very strong Jewish supporters, and they can't afford to alienate them. And, you know, a lot of these folks that voted to censure her, they're in districts where they need those that support. And yeah, no, I, I was glad to see it. And it's it's good, I think, that many members of her um, many members of her party are, uh, you know, are are taking that stance. But then, you know, we've got Cory Bush right here at home, who apparently was ranting on the floor about how what they did was not the right thing to do. A lack of understanding and a lack of seeing the humanity of folks who look like Rashida Tlaib. It's outrageous that my colleagues are blatantly, blatantly attempting to silence the only Palestinian American representative right here. Um, I mean, it is no wonder that woman is being primary by her own party. She was so unhinged uh, that they gaveled her down, turned the microphone off. And she continued to rant and rave for another several (laughs) minutes. So, you know, decorum is completely gone when it comes to Cori Bush. All right. Also on the Congress front, the shutdown is looming. We have nine days left um, before we face a possible government shutdown. We could just like play that on repeat. Are we always we're always facing a government shutdown at this point. I feel You know, Congress doesn't work. 
Um, it's completely broken. Uh, no and, offense and, to our friends from Missouri well, in Congress. And, and it just, you know, they we had uh, Congressman Blaine Luke tomorrow on yesterday, and he mentioned that they've got, what, nine of the appropriation bills, yeah. I think, have gotten out of committee and are ready to go forward on regular order on the floor. So that's encouraging. But once again... It seems like the division in the Republican caucus is out there, and Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House, is struggling to get a agreement to fund the government. There's, Shocked. There's a couple of ideas out there whether or not they will end up with a continuing, like a full-blown continuing resolution. There's some sort of um, other plan that maybe they'll do like a two-step um, phase-in of of, uh, of spending, um, but I wish they would just get to the meat of the issue and, and really talk about spending. It does look like maybe we're making some progress on the foreign aid spending and that we might actually get some border money. Um, Senate Republicans, I think, are trying to negotiate for that. And um, the White House has indicated uh, quite, quite to the progressives' ire that they're interested in cutting a deal on that, too. Yeah, so maybe you'll get your money for Ukraine if we get some money for the border. I yep. like this plan. Um, okay, also, Ivanka is on the stand today in the Trump trial. I don't know what we're going to get from her. Fashion guidance? Oh, she's she's stunning she's and beautiful. Yeah, but I mean, I think she will be a you know serious. We won't see the antics that we saw earlier this week from her dad. No, but uh, she could be a dangerous witness to her dad because she comes off as very, very staid and sober and not inflammatory. And if she uh, has some admissions, it would be bad. And they they're going to take her seriously because I think she's a serious person. All right, we also uh, we, we're not going to be able to get hit, get to it here, but we've got the uh, debate coming up tonight. Um, some reactions from the candidates. Uh, um, They were reacting to the Ohio abortion vote. I think that's going to come up tonight, and I'm excited to hear it. That's up next on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Anywhere in the world by downloading our app for free. lot of good news this morning after the election yesterday and i hate bringing people down so i'm gonna give you some (laughs) give you a little bit of hope though here it is a big week for mid-missouri and i think we're putting on a really good front we're doing amazing in all of the sports ball things um but we've got uh yes uh no but seriously uh we've got cbs is coming to columbia this saturday so that is kind of putting us on the national stage which you know taylor Swift has been helping Missouri with that as well. Um, so, no, it, it is really exciting, and I think there's a lot of good happening in mid-Missouri, even if nationally I'm not having a very good day in reaction to the elections. Um, the other thing, I uh, went, went to the opening reception last night to the Main Street Summit. It's a big, small, uh, and medium-sized business uh, summit. They're doing it for the first time in Columbia, so if you see hundreds of people walking around downtown with name tags they are um in our they're going to be you know in mid-missouri businesses they're staying here and you know i met people from hong kong and germany that have flown into little old mid-missouri to learn about business the speaker lineup is something that you would get if you had to fly to dc or new york a really exciting event i'm hoping um but it's just nice to show off the community too and most of the people i talked to had one never never been to columbia and a lot of them had said this is my first time in missouri well i mean it's amazing that something like that would come to Columbia to a relatively small venue to a relatively small town but uh, you know Columbia is known as a you know kind of a venture capital hub uh, which is kind of surprising to people that aren't in the know so it's uh, it's exciting to see people coming in we put a good we, I mean, Mid-Missouri puts a pretty good front door porch out for everybody. We're, we're well, welcome. Look at Mizzou's business school, too. You know, oh, yeah. how well thought of they are. 
Yeah, it's been really good. And I think people were really impressed by, you know, they kick off last night and there's, you know, a full lineup today. And I know they're in town tomorrow as well. Um, and so those kinds of events, I think, are just really positive. Um, and then, yeah, with CBS coming on Saturday, there's a lot to be happy about here locally. Um on the national stage, not so much. Um, but first, let's get to this. There was a Second Amendment case argued in the Supreme Court yesterday. We got some indications how the judges might, you know, based on the questions, there's always speculation about how they might rule. Um, the facts of this case are really interesting. So this guy, Zach Zaki, um, he was uh, in an altercation. He had a baby mama and his girlfriend he fired a he they got into some sort of altercation he fired a gun at a witness during the incident of course then he gets a protective order against him um that keeps him from the girlfriend's home and also that protective order said and by the way you can't have a firearm um he then later got into some more trouble the police searched his home they found a whole bunch of guns or at least a couple and he was charged with violating this law that says hey if you're you know got this protective order you can't have a gun he um and that case made its way all the way to the supreme court so the question is you know does your second amendment right somehow trump you know the state's ability to keep uh folks involved in domestic violence disputes from having guns and, and they, they argued the case yesterday and i think um you know if if somebody wanted to get an answer that the Second Amendment is totally unrestricted and has zero, uh, the government can't put any wickets on it, I think they're going to be sadly disappointed. The court was not favorably inclined uh, or disposed of to this argument. I think the one issue they're struggling with is where to draw the line. Yeah. And I think what we'll end up with is, unfortunately, we will get a line that's drawn that says this is outside the line and you can regulate domestic violence uh, cases. And leave until another day to where the line is. So it's going to be the ever-moving line that we're going to deal with. That's going to be the state of litigation on guns now is going to be where's the line move, left and right, constantly. Um, you know, And there's a lot of discussion about the preamble to the Second Amendment talking about a well-regulated militia. And that you know, there's a theory out there. It's the first time I've really heard it now being talked about is the word regulated is important that the framers were willing to say there's regulation that can be involved in your right to have a Second Amendment, which I think is a novel argument and one that I'm sure we're now going to hear all about. Where's that limit? Yeah, so a big case, and we've had, you know, there were some big gun cases last year, and then the other cases that we're watching very closely, there's a lot of First Amendment and a lot of, like, big tech social media cases coming out this they, term. They picked another gun case that they're going to take, in the I think, later this year that has to do with bump stocks. Oh, yeah. So there, there's a lot of Second Amendment cases still floating up and through the system. Well, right. The whole red flag law angle of the one that's, you know, that the high court is looking at now, and I know the argument that was made for years and all on individuals, at least revolving around the domestic violence side of it, was, well, have they been convicted or are they just accused and you immediately remove any firearms when they were just accused and presumed innocent till they're in a court of law? Yeah, there's a due process argument there, too. Uh, you know, your rights can be taken away. Don't get me wrong. The Constitution expressly provides for it, uh, but you're required to go through due process of law is a ex parte order of domestic violence where you walk in, sign a form, and a judge signs that what a, I can't remember, is it 48 hours? You get like an automatic one for 48 hours. Um, is that sufficient to call quote unquote due process? And I think the answer to that's no. Right. But this fact pattern's a whole lot different than that. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think it's bad facts for people who and, want to see a broad Second Amendment. And like the you dangerous said. thing that's out there that I think we should all keep our eye on is, you know, there's going to be a push to use mental health as the basis for denying the right to keep and bear arms. 
And far be it from anyone in the mental health industry to have a political cudgel. But, uh, you know, it could be, we've heard people say that anybody who supports Donald Trump has to be, have a mental problem. Does that mean simply by virtue of what your political views are or your social views are, you could have a mental health issue? I think the court's going to struggle with that issue, and that's going to eventually work its way up. I hope so. But, I, yeah, red flag laws, I think, terrify me because who decides that you're mentally unstable? There I mean, it is. There's yeah. the question. And, and, you know, a judge decides and you would, you know, and typically we could you would hope that that would sort itself out in the correct way. But, you know, it you could you could struggle with that. Do you certainly. have to go to therapy five times for a diagnosis? Uh, is it a 15 second brush by or do they just read what you've said online and said, oh, that's enough for me? I mean, we don't know the answer to that. You can't diagnose cognitive impairment. We talk about Biden, you know, in all his cognitive struggles. You can't. Uh, deal with you know deranged behavior like Cori Bush. You can't diagnose that by watching a clip on TV. You actually have. I to I mean, do we something. can about her. <laughs> she was acting quite deranged yesterday after Rashida Tlaib was censured, basically saying she's fine, and we're just we're all racists because uh, because and you know we're only voting to censure Rashida Tlaib because she's Palestinian. Is that that was the crux of her comments, right? Well, that and about five minutes of truly ranting and raving about how everybody else on the floor is terrible and. And, uh, you know, in the end, that's their nature. It's the rant and rave uh, extremist position, and they like that, and their base likes that. I mean, it's a little bit like some of our base really likes the ranting and raving on stage. Um, It's great for your base. doesn't get anything done. It really doesn't. And she is getting primaried, and I am hopeful for Wesley Bell, and I think we're going to see some real traction in that race because she's just gotten so extreme. Well, and Wesley Bell's not, you know, he's got some problems, too. There was a hearing yesterday up in St. Louis County, uh, dealing with, I think, inappropriate use of cars and other things by his office. And guess who didn't show up to the hearing? Yeah. Wesley Bell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. His invitation Demo- got lost in the mail. <laughs> that sounds like St. Louis for it's you, honestly. Democrat politics right there. Wow. Well, let's uh, look. take a look outside of Missouri. <laughs> there were a lot of elections. There were some, actually, wait, real quick, John, there's some local elections here. I think uh, we voted, um, some smaller districts voted. Um, and mainly, what, we had marijuana tax and some other it, things? Well, it was Eldon's turn okay. after virtually every other community and county in mid-Missouri weighed in on the 3% sales tax on marijuana sales. That was Prop B on the ballot down in Eldon. It passed, heck, almost 200 votes to 30. And the other one, uh, other one they had was a public use tax for public safety, and that passed in Eldon as well. And Osage County kind of added some... Uh, Folks who work covered to their ambulance districts. So that's pretty much the mid-Missouri stuff that was on the ballot. Yeah, we it's kind of as expected. Now, not as expected was what happened yesterday across the nation. I was really hopeful uh, in some of these states that we would have made some progress and that people would wake up. I mean, we're seeing national polls. Joe Biden's unpopular. And so in Kentucky, for example, uh, you know, when we tied their candidate to Joe Biden, it didn't work. But it got close. Mm. I mean, you know, not that close compared to the other about, races, though. About Mark. four, about four points for a guy who was down by twenty-three points over the summer. Okay. So he made it close. I think the bigger one that to talk about is uh, what happened in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, Glenn got Yonkin, the governor of Virginia. Everybody thought maybe he's the future of the Republican Party. More moderate, invested millions and millions of dollars and a huge amount of political capital to keep the Virginia House of Delegates, their House of Representatives, and to flip the Virginia Senate, and failed utterly. 
Um, not only did we not flip the Senate, I think we lost an extra seat in the Senate, but we lost the House of Delegates. That's uh, awful. His theory of politics and going forward appears not to work in a purplish-blue state. Um, I think his his infatuation with folks that he's the next big big uh, big Republican candidate is probably gone now because he couldn't couldn't survive in his own state. I can see Donald Trump with like a giant poster board of all of his VP candidates, and last night he's just crossing off. <laughs> Big Lenny. red marker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if you, it, it's the right thing to do. And, and you know, I, I get accused of being a Ron DeSantis homer, but, you know, you can use <laughs> you can use lots of other governors that have won big elections and then use their, their political capital to help win other elections in the state, have been very successful at it and added majorities in their houses and their Senate. You know, DeSantis flipped school boards in uh, Florida, but... Um, that didn't work in Virginia, and Yonkin's, you know, Yonkin's uh, popularity, while maybe his personal popularity is good in Virginia, didn't translate into political popularity. And, you know, there was a Pennsylvania issue or election. The, a state Supreme Court judge uh, position was up. We lost that one, abortion, the primary issue. And a school board, I thought this one was really interesting, Bucks County, Pennsylvania, which is the third largest school district in the state of Pennsylvania, a suburb of Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, huge campaign pitting transgender versus non-transgender uh, issue. That was the primary issue. And the Democrats appear to have swept the school board. Wow. Pro-transgender. So what are we, like in Missouri, what are we to make of all of this? I mean, candidate quality is important. And, and abortion is, should, if you're a Republican... Abortion should be terrifying to you because I think the lesson of Ohio is some of these more extreme abortion IPs we've talked about, uh, they may they may be on a ballot in Missouri and they could pass. And I'm going to be watching for the candidates tonight at the um, debate to be asked about this. It was really interesting at that first debate, which you and I were both at. Um, they asked Nikki Haley and everyone kind of was you know, taken aback by her answer because she had a very moderate a- answer on abortion. And but. That seems to be where people are. Yeah, although I'm not sure I'd call the Ohio ballot measure moderate. But, but Nikki Haley's position yeah. more moderate. Now, <laughs> Vivek Ramaswamy, like, so they're, they're getting these, um, they're getting reactions. And I guess last night he said, what did he say? We, that conservatives need to adjust their messaging and ought to embrace greater sexual responsibility for men. Codified in the law in an era of genetic paternity tests. Any, what does that mean? I'm sh- I'm sure he's smarter than we are, and he knows exactly what he means. But I have no idea. You talk about word salad. That's that's kind of the word salad thing. There, it's almost yeah, it's like really. a, it sounds like a Kamala quote. Maybe we can substitute that one out. That does sound like Kamala. Okay, so but we expect to hear. Hopefully, for, I mean they've got to ask about it tonight. And and do you, th- you th- do you expect after the Ohio vote for some of these candidates to start moderating their positions? Well, I think some of the candidates already have moderated it. Tim Scott did. Uh, obviously, Nikki Haley did. I I don't think Chris Christie's really. A addressed it um nbc news is hosting the debate and they've said they're going to start with foreign policy which is a nikki haley strength they're going to talk a lot about the economy and domestic policy but this abortion issue has to come up or they're doing journalistic malpractice all right up next did anyone see that garth brooks was like in springfield this week uh there's some uh pop culture news we are going to get to on wake up mid missouri that's up next This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. 
freedom of speech, practiced here daily, and perfected on the podcast. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. As we approach Veterans Day, I really hope you will take a minute and honor the veterans in your life. We have a special Salute the Troops uh, uh, event going on, and you can get on our website um, and as uh, and tell us a story about the veterans in your life. So be it your dad, your neighbor, your friend, grandpa, uh, go ahead and jump onto our website, fill out this form, and we will be airing your stories and tributes to the veterans um, on vet- as a celebration of Veterans Day. That's brought to you by All Seasons Roofing and All State Consultants. I know I have a lot of veterans in my life, and I know uh, in Jefferson City there's a b- big Marine Ball this last weekend and a lot of celebrations. Good turnout there. So, uh, so get to our website and fill that out, please. Help us do that. Um, also, we will be airing the presidential debate uh, this evening on both KWOS and the Eagle. Uh, Hannah, give me an update. That is starting at 7 o'clock on both radio stations. Awesome. So, and, and we won't be here on Friday, or at least I won't be here on Friday, but I want to say in advance, uh, happy birthday to all the Marines, because oh, yeah. Fri- Friday is actually the birthday of the Marine Corps, 248 years. Good. All right. Yeah, I will be here, and we will actually have Dr. Ashley Immel with us on Friday. Looking forward to that. Um, so... Okay, we said we were going to get to some pop culture news. We've got, um, but l- let me uh, tell you what else we're doing today. We've got Raven coming up at uh, 710. She is always, um, has hot takes, and I'm sure she is fired up about a lot of what's been going on in Congress. And then also we've got Rabbi Brigida Rosenberg. She's the senior rabbi from the United Hebrew Congregation out of St. Louis. Um, we have, I, we don't, I have not personally been talking a whole lot about the conflict. I just don't feel like I'm an expert on the geopolitics. And, you know, and there's a lot of other people out there who I, who, I have been paying a lot of attention to and learning, um, especially about the history, but getting her take today, um, I think is going to be really important. Yes, yeah, she's very knowledgeable on what's going on over there. And, and also, I mean, I think they, we can't also play down the anti-Semitism we're seeing in the U.S. from the, the pro-murderous uh, Hamas folks. And, you know, that has a real impact on people's day-to-day lives. And, yeah, we saw violent protests in St. Louis on Sunday. Um, so, uh we're looking forward to talking to the rabbi that's at 810 um but all okay so garth brooks was in springfield on like he's just hanging out in springfield on monday uh, i think he's trying to sell his box set he's got some special relationship <laughs> with like bass no, pro he just came to hang out in missouri guys <laughs> and in springfield at bass pro shop of all places yeah that's just he a was, normal he's played there before yeah he has yeah I, I think he has i think him and the bass pro people have some sort of special relationship which is Pro- pretty so. cool now we're also seeing a fun relationship uh I guess happening, um, and not the Travis and Taylor relationship, <laughs> but a different Taylor relationship. Hannah, what's going on there? Yeah, Taylor and Brittany Mahomes, who is, of course, the lovely wife of Pat Mahomes, early on the internet really tried to pit those two against each other for some reason. Uh, Brittany Mahomes doesn't have the best reputation with NFL fans outside of the Kansas City Chiefs fans, it seems like. And so folks really tried to make it sound like Taylor was going to overshadow Britney's spotlight and Britney wasn't going to like that. But they're kind of clapping back because it seems like they've become fast friends. Uh, I've seen more than one Instagram post of them 
hanging out together, like going to dinner and stuff. And like holding hands like they're yeah. BFFs. Yeah, with Selena Gomez. Like, go Britney. Right? She, I mean, she, this she's getting a really good deal. She's probably yes. just beside herself. Because, well, yeah, who wouldn't want to be BFFs with Taylor? She's cashing in on Travis Kelsey's fame, right? Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Up next. Touché. <laughs> up next, we're going to be talking to Raven Harrison. Get her take on all things DC.